This week, EVGA is removing NVIDIA. Nintendo is adding more 64. Uber is giving up security, and Amazon survived the NFL. It's Sunday, September 18th, 2022, and this is episode 632 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platform, platforms like Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can become a member and get exclusive content and ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, PlugHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are, of course, two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Uh, Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, uh, Plunkits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. And we are here. Yes, uh, I'm not in the studio. <laughs> I am out on the road this week, um, but it's we're testing some stuff. I want to be able to do things uh, on the road, so this is this is nice. Uh, but we 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 were off uh, at least last week because I wasn't feeling well. So it's good to be back, Avram. How has your time been? All right. You know, a lot of fooling around with 3D printer stuff and... Uh, you? No. No. And uh, server stuff, uh, you know, trying to figure out best ways to benchmark uh, servers, hosting services, things like that. Oh, okay. So Interesting. Um, scripting a bunch of, like, tests to do, like, really intense MySQL queries to figure out, like, but one is faster than another or whatever. And then today sure. my son and I were trying to install this third-party firmware on our printer called Clipper. And apparently you really, it's its like the Linux of, of 3D printers. Like everything has to be done at the as a command. You okay. can't just like use an interface. You have to like want, to, want it to go home. You have to type G28. Want it to print, you have to type a bunch of, it's like you just can't okay. like actually print stuff like normal and uh but why we've been trying to do it is allegedly this clipper uh firmware system allows you to print like two to five times faster wow. without any loss of quality so something that took you know eight hours might take five hours or something like that okay so um so that would be ideal if I could get it to work, but everything kind of assumes that you're going to do these crazy calculations and measurements and like stuff with your, how many rotations your, each of your stepper motors does and like crazy stuff that is like really, really, really difficult to figure out. Can't gotcha. Out. So um, anyway, spent some, uh, some time on that today. So I don't know. 
that kind of stuff. And of course, looking at what is coming up for um, coming up, you know, as we go move into the fall and the holiday seasons upon us and, uh, you know, what things uh, people should be looking at from their uh, looking to buy or not buy for their tech. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, you know, we are in that time, right? It, this is when, when things start to get interesting, we've got a stack of products, uh, sitting at the studio ready to, uh, to start some product reviews on. So, and, and I mean a stack of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely getting into, into that time of year. And, you know, for us, we've also got strike going on right now, which is taking a lot of time, which is, I mean, an absolute ton of fun yesterday. There was a, you know, we've been doing a, a fortnight kill race for the last couple of weeks, which has been really interesting. Um, for anybody who's watching, who's interested in uh, Fortnite, um, or at, you know, other games as well, check out strikeesports.com because not all of our events require you to be in the building. So that's been, it's been an interesting experience. Um, my my brother has actually Adam for longtime listeners and viewers. Uh, Adam was on the show in the beginning. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of taken over the the events side of that, which has been wonderful. <laughs> he's got a a, a pretty close uh, you know a finger on the pulse, I guess, of of all that in a way that that I certainly don't. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> um. But we've got a lot of news this week, and uh, I think we should probably get right down to it. What do you think? All right. Yeah. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember, the current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost anything. And to browse the products to learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. All right. Um, th this was an interesting week when it comes to video cards for two reasons. The first is that we know that the uh, Ethereum merge has happened and miners don't need video cards the way they used to. But we also got a weird rumor that was then confirmed that EVGA was ending its relationship with NVIDIA, which is huge for a couple of reasons. The first is that video cards account for, I think I saw 80% of the company's revenue. And so to end the relationship with NVIDIA, NVIDIA, whose cards are the only ones that they've made, seems like a crazy move to me. Now, the company claims that the relationship has been strained for a while. We've heard talk about this throughout the industry for a couple of years that that uh, perhaps that relationship was getting questionable. Um, uh, EVGA says that uh, they wouldn't get final specs on the cards until way too late in a new generation's production cycle, that they weren't even getting the prices 
for the chips until after the prices for the cards, the MSRPs were released publicly um, at announcements. Um, and most interesting of all for me uh, is their relationship with the Founders Edition cards, which EVGA says is essentially NVIDIA competing with their partners um, by offering the same card for cheaper, uh, which obviously is a, a challenge. Plus, they've got these floors and ceilings on what they're allowed to, to sell cards for. So if they really want to get out there and hard compete, they can't necessarily. If they want to make a card that's you know insanely through the roof, they can't necessarily uh, because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't put it in a price point above a certain place. It's it seems like a strained relationship. And it, for me, it brings up two questions. One, what does the future of EG, EVGA look like? And two, what does the future of NVIDIA look like? And I know you sent me an email earlier today that you were excited to talk about this. So. Yeah, well, it, it, it popped up uh, on Friday. Mm -hmm. like, And the way that EVGA told, disseminated this major business decision was very odd three bulleted points on a forum post oh well that's maybe they did that but actually what they did is before that they had a invited like three people to their to visit them mm -hmm. two of whom are, are youtubers uh gamers Jay's, nexus gamers nexus and jay's two cents and then oh, yeah. John Petty, who is an analyst for John Petty Research. So as far as we know, those are the only three uh, people that, that visited with them. And they gave interviews to these folks beforehand. Mm -hmm. They gave them some kind of embargo. I guess they gave them of like Friday, Friday afternoon to put to put up this information. Uh, but they didn't come out with a press release yeah. or anything like that. So when I first saw you know when i first saw the video from gamers nexus i thought well is this like an unsubstantiated rumor can right. we can we run with this as fact but then we saw like other sites coming out with you know a couple other places that are also talked to them at the same time plus uh you know we reached out to nvidia for comment and nvidia said didn't you know said well you know we wish them well they didn't mm -hmm. say oh well, this is the first we've heard of it or this this isn't true. So, um, so we kind of got a confirmation there, but it's just really weird. Yeah. And they did it in a very, like, apparently did it in a very negative way. Like they weren't just like, Hey, we're, you know, we don't want to work with NVIDIA anymore. We don't want to do graphics cards anymore. Like, obviously we're hearing this secondhand, but, uh, you know, gamers Nexus video, he says that they, he asked uh, the CEO, whether it was, was a hard decision. And he said, not at all it's much easier than working with nvidia or something like that yeah i mean yeah they really you know they didn't hard. Uh, pull a lot of punches about what they were going to do and it sounds like they're so annoyed that they don't want to stay in the graphics card business at all now it also sounds like uh evga does not want to sell itself does not plan to go out of business and yet it's made a decision to cut off uh, the vast majority of its business very kind of unceremoniously or 
I guess everyone like we're not telling anybody that we're doing this except that we're we told a few people in interviews but we didn't come out with some kind of big statement and oh yeah and the other thing that he was quoted to say the CEO was quoted as saying was really uh, a bit uh I don't know how can I put it pointed he said uh, you won't see me sitting on Jensen's lap at the Nvidia press event uh Jensen being Jensen Wong the um CEO of Nvidia so he says he won't sit on his his lap like that's a little bit uh you know sharp you mean so yeah now yeah. you know I have not given a lot of thought to how third-party graphics card vendors must feel but this does really raise the question of whether the environment is good for them right uh, I mean now the 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 rumor that's going around is that they told Nvidia they're not going to be making carrying the new Nvidia cards as as long ago as like last April or something so yeah it's not I don't think it's a response to um to the issues with crypto although we could see yeah. them coming last spring also but um I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a like it sounds like they were planning this for quite a while yeah to get out of out of this business and um I mean that's kind of messed up for the consumer because EVGA has made some really nice cards and it often has cards that are at a really good price they're uh, the cards that we have in our computers that we built for strike right so but I mean I I see the the issue that they're talking about with the company sure. not being if, if if what they say is true and we're only hearing their side of it and right. not even so directly from them uh you know about them not getting the information well enough in advance right from Nvidia and they're being constrained about what they can do to make their cards competitive and then they have the company that makes the cards competing with them I mean that's that's all really um challenging right it's really challenging an environment to be in um I mean it's funny though because you every time you have a company that sort of runs the platform sort of stretch outside of running the platform you worry about like are they sort of shooting themselves in the foot but we see this everywhere right like Google Google started making its own phones quite a while ago when originally Android was supposed to be something that was made by mostly by third parties right Microsoft makes its own PCs even though the, even though they also so they're competing with HP Lenovo Dell Acer Asus at the same time that they're providing them with a platform which I would think is a little dangerous for them it, to do so the surface is the one that I mentioned uh specifically in the article because I remember when it came out there was fear around exactly this right is the is the platform going to create problems for the hardware by competing with the hardware and in the end it turned out that the surface became like this inspiration point for for the other companies like everybody wanted to figure out how to do something that people would be as excited about but maybe do it at a lower price point and you know there was all kinds of jockeying around it and I mean you probably know better than most um you know the laptop space changed wickedly when the sur the first generation surface came out mobile computing changed in a way 
I hadn't seen companies were trying all kinds of crazy things. Lenovo's got the yoga and like all, all this wild stuff happened because everybody's like, oh, there is a demand for weird. Great. Um, but with video cards, it's not really the same kind of space, right? There's only so much you can do. Can you sell a video card that's pre-water cooled? Sure. But how much demand is there for that? I don't know. But I mean, it's not quite the same kind of space as as you know the laptop. Yeah, the space I mean, in. they get to overclock it very slightly over. Sure. But I mean, how much more are people going to pay for another, you know, 50 megahertz or 100 megahertz of graphics card speed? And then, you know, okay, so maybe they get more fans or whatever. But yeah, I, I can completely see where this where they feel like nvidia is competing with them in um in a way that they don't that's not good and then also if they are giving their own uh stuff preferential treatment you know like oh yeah so they get they're going to make more on their cards because they don't have the overhead of having to pay licensing for their own cards like it's um yeah, I, I understand why uh, partners would be um, upset. It sounds like a very emotional reaction. On the other hand, how many other companies are really in the same position as EVGA, where the majority, where that's what they're known for doing, is right. making third-party cards? Like other companies that you think of, like ASUS, Gigabyte, MSI, like this is one, one of their business. Yeah. EVGA does have uh, power supplies, and I think they have a few motherboards. Maybe. So, you know, they have a small amount, and they have like some keyboards, but I don't think anybody really cares about that. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so they are really tearing the heart out of their business, whereas I don't know if, you know, if ASUS stopped making NVIDIA cards, if it would tear the heart out of their business. Right. Especially considering, I think companies like ASUS tend to do both sides. I don't think they they have lived a life of exclusivity the way that EVGA has. EVGA has been a NVIDIA partner and a NVIDIA partner only for so long that it's first it's weird to see them say ah goodbye NVIDIA, uh, but also you know for so many people when it comes to NVIDIA cards. EVGA is the brand they go to. Yeah, that it's just what you think. They're they're nearly synonymous because of how long this this partnership has been. I'm curious to see if maybe they've been talking to AMD and we're going to start seeing uh, Radeon I, cards out of them. I don't know. I mean, the way that they phrased it, it really sounds like they are quitting the the business. But I mean, that means obviously they, I mean, they, they claim they're going to find something for their people to do, but it sounds to me like any engineers they have are going to have a hard time uh, having work to do. Uh, yeah. In so, so, so the official written thing from EVGA from, um, uh, Jacob, the product manager, it says, hi all. You may have heard some news regarding the next generation products from EVGA. Please see below for a message on the future products and support. 
three bullets. First one, EVGA will not carry the next generation graphics cards. Now it's important. It does not say next generation NVIDIA, it just says next generation. So that leads into your, into your theory. Uh, EVGA will continue to support the existing current generation products. EVGA will continue to provide the current generation products. Uh, EVGA is committed to our customers and will continue to offer sales and support of the current lineup. Also, EVGA would like to thank you to say thank you to our great community for the many years of support and enthusiasm for EVGA graphics cards, signed management. So, I mean, that wording, again, does sound like they're getting out of cards altogether. I mean, maybe this announcement inspires, you know, AMD to go talk to them. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe... Um, maybe it inspires intel to talk to them you know intel uh is in this business now i mean granted they're not uh their first set of cards has not been impressive by any stretch of the imagination but we believe that they are going to be at least mid-range competitive at some point mm -hmm. uh maybe not competitive with top of the line stuff like 4090 or something but right you know they may they may be competitive in the you know sort of the 3060 3070 4060 whatever in the mid, mid sure. range card business so hard to say yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see obviously their name suddenly doesn't make sense right. uh if if video cards aren't the core of their business but lots of companies names don't necessarily make sense i mean evga doesn't make sense because uh so i believe like so wasn't so there was i'm trying to remember back cga was color graphics adapter and that was like eight colors then mm -hmm. there was like ega mm -hmm. which was like what 16 colors or something like that, something like that. and then there's vga which is how many colors is, is VGA? 256? I think the official... Yeah, is, I think so. I mean, you have VGA connectors, but the VGA standard, I think, was 256 right. colors. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so what's EVGA? Uh, confusing. It also doesn't make a lot of sense because, like... True. I mean, look, it's all... I mean, if you're running a company or you're running a website or you're running a business, trying to think ahead... Yeah. like about whether what you're embracing is going to uh, sound dated soon yeah so you know don't gigabyte don't you feel a little sorry for gigabyte i mean <laughs> when they i don't know how long he's been around but when they started it probably sounded like an impenetrably large amount like yeah it's a gigabyte holy cow it's so much now you know I mean, it could be worse because people still have gigabytes of RAM or whatever. Sure, sure. Wait until it gets, wait until, you know, everybody's rocking like a terabyte of RAM and gigabyte is not, a gigabyte is literally nothing. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been like kilobyte or something, but, you know, it, it, that's that, that's not very, you know, that's yeah. not very good. So now you have that and you have UVGA. I mean, it's like you watch Johnny Mnemonic and Johnny Mnemonic's brain could hold like 72 gigabytes of data or something like that. Yeah, which is just slightly more uh, data than we produce 
in an hour show. <laughs> right. He had to have his brain like taken over to to fit what like I could now fit on a micro SD card. Right. So right. uh let's hope it's uh it's not an iPhone and uh there's a micro SD card slot in there for him. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I feel, I feel bad. Uh, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for their employees. Uh, this yeah. sounds like a very emotional decision. They could have, I don't know, maybe eased out of it a little bit more, I guess, but who knows what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Maybe they calculated that they would actually lose money on these cards and they had to, That's possible. They had to decide that they couldn't do it anymore. It's possible. I suspect that we're going to hear something more than, you know, ethereal rumors coming from YouTube, followed by three bullet points on a message board <laughs> at some point on uh, what the future of the company holds. But for right now, it's almost entirely speculation. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. Uh, you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram, it's that time of year. Things are changing up. We were just talking about new video cards coming. We were just talking about uh, the the Ethereum merge. What are we to do? What, so, <laughs> if it's time for us to buy something, what do we, what do we do? So, this is so it is the best of times and it is the worst of times to build a PC. I mean, overall. If you need a PC now, it is a good time because you can. It is a pretty decent time because you can build a pretty good PC for even five hundred dollars, uh, and you could build a quite excellent one for a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. But uh, if you are looking toward, you know, having a really powerful gaming PC uh, that that is on the cutting edge, then we are at an inflection point because we fully expect within the next two months to see new graphics cards from nvidia and amd uh, and we expect to see new cpus from amd and intel so we are we are expecting to see a lot of new stuff uh new cpu so uh we recently at tom's harbor put up an article called don't buy a graphics card for under $500 right now. So the thing is, if you are planning to buy stuff that is on the hot mid to high end, right? Uh, something that's say above a 3070 uh, in terms of on the sort of hierarchy of, of chips, then, then you should wait because there's a decent chance that NVIDIA's new, we don't know exactly what, what models they're going to come out with, or they're just going to start with the top tier of like a 4090 that replaces a 3090, or they're going to go all the way down to a 4080, 4070. Uh, but it's almost certain that the mid to lower stuff 
for these new platforms isn't going to come out until sometime in 2023. So unless you want to wait a really long time, uh, you probably can feel safe today buying uh, a graphics card that costs less than $500 um, because it is not going to immediately be replaced. And it probably won't drop that dramatically in price because the immediate replacement for it isn't coming onto the market yet. However, uh, with the utter collapse of crypto mining, uh, we may see some nice discounts across the board, particularly on uh, things on things that are, say, the level of a 3060 or a 3060 Ti or um, an AMD uh, RX 6700 or 6800 uh, graphics card because um, because folks who were using cards for mining now cannot. Uh, mining on the PC for the moment is is pretty much over because now anything could change but as uh, you mentioned earlier the great merge happened uh this week which is that ethereum the most popular cryptocurrency that people mine with pcs bitcoin is more popular but is not mined with pcs it's mined with asic uh asic computers which are a different custom computer just for mining um, they uh, changed their the way that they mine from a proof of work which required your card to do all these calculations to a proof of stake and so the need to have all of these high-powered video cards doing the mining for you has gone away if you act, if you do the calculations which we have um, it would take you 20 years to break even on a 3080 or 3090 card if you bought it today and started mining today. Uh, granted, I doubt your card would last for 20 years of 24-7 mining anyway. Um, but the point is, there, mining is mining on the PC, at least for now, is over as the other uh, currencies are not nearly as popular or profitable uh, although who knows, maybe with the theory of making this change, you'll see uh, more attention for some other coins. But whatever the case, um, whatever the case, it's, this seems like a time where you can get pretty good deals on, you know, mid to low range graphics cards. Things that are in the sort of high end are likely to be replaced. Now, what about CPUs? Well. Uh, we know that within the next couple months uh, or even the next few weeks, we're probably going to see the launch of the new AMD Ryzen series and the new uh, Intel Raptor Lake uh, chips. And they're both obviously going to be faster than the, than the prior models. And uh, the Ryzen's are supposed to be quite a bit faster. But, uh, than their prior AMDs. However, one thing to keep in mind is that you'll need to buy a somewhat expensive motherboard for these, like the AMD chips will not work in an existing AMD motherboard, so you're going to have to buy a, a more expensive motherboard or a more expensive chipset uh, to get that. So if you were planning to build 
a mainstream system, a system that is not, say, $1,500 or less, then it still would probably, or buy a pre-built one, it would still probably be to your advantage to get a Ryzen 5000 series or an Intel 12th Gen Core, which are both the current generation of the until they're replaced in a month or two. Uh, and you would, if you're planning to get something, you know, that's sort of a, I don't know, $300 or less cheaper CPU, uh, then you probably, you probably would benefit, would not benefit a great deal from, from waiting. If you want to push, kind of push the bleeding edge, then then you definitely then you might want to wait, but you're going to have to spend more on a motherboard. And if you're getting AMD, you're definitely going to have to spend more on RAM because you're going to get DDR5 RAM. So uh, those are things to to keep in mind. Uh, as far as other components are concerned, um, we don't see. I mean, there may be some holiday discounts coming, but they won't. I don't think they'll be so significant that you'll cry if you bought, say you know, a new PCIe 4 SSD today, and then you find out and see on Black Friday that it's $20 or $30 cheaper, you you got two months out of it. So, you know, you shouldn't feel, I don't expect things like SSDs to be, you know, to have a huge, you know, price delta. I don't expect things like uh, cases or power supplies to have a huge uh, price delta. Uh, and uh, I don't really expect RAM to have a huge price delta. So I think uh, really one has to think about uh, the CPUs and the GPU when you're talking about components or buying a system with components in it. Um, also, by the way, I don't foresee uh, any any of the any laptops getting these. These laptops will not get these new generation of graphics cards or chips until 2023. So you do not have to worry about, if I buy a laptop today, is there going to be a, a better uh, card coming out in, in a month? No, uh, maybe the like most likely uh, the next mobile stuff will be announced in January, and we probably really won't see it in the marketplace until at least April or May, uh, maybe some early in March. That's an important piece to keep in mind because not everybody realizes that, you know, the, the hardware for the laptops tends to be released separately from the stuff for the, for the desktops and the desktops always come first because, you know, it's a safe place to test things, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it's where performance people care more about the performance. Yeah. They're going to come up with new stuff first. Uh, easier to swap into systems for, for system builders. So, yeah, um, no no question about it. Uh, I mean, I guess you could always say, I mean, the one question that you should always have when you're buying uh, tech is, what is the cost of waiting? Uh, you know, you don't get extra months on your, or years on your life uh, because you waited to, <laughs> waited to buy technology. So, if um so you know if you you know if you save you know 20 bucks by waiting three months it might not really be worth it 
Uh, if you're getting a slight, you know, some more performance, but you have to wait six months to get it, there's always something better six months to a year out. Every year, there's new CPUs these days. Every year, there's new graphics cards. So, you know, you can, you can wait forever. Um, and what we're really talking about is not really brand new functionality. We're talking about things getting faster, which is great. Fast is good, but let's not, let's keep in mind that they're not, um, you know, it's just going to be iteratively better than today's chip. It's not going to per se allow you to do something. It's not going to turn your computer into hologram or something. Um, so it's not going to teleport you. It's just going to do, it's just going to do the same tasks a bit faster. I would definitely wait a couple of months for the hologram computer or the teleporter. <laughs> just, I'm just putting that out there now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's really a, a case of uh, trying to squeeze every drop out of the lemon is, is really kind of what we're talking about here far less so than, than uh, you know, huge mind blowing <laughs> changes in the technology. Yeah. I mean, I think you'll see things over time with software that make sure. you say like, Oh, Hey, this, this is worth it. Like one thing that, we really haven't seen a game take advantage of yet is direct storage, right? So with the new, um, you know, with, with PCIe 5 SSDs, which aren't out yet, and the new AMD platform with direct storage, maybe you could see, um, you know, maybe you could see situation where games are loading a lot faster, but right now we don't see any games that really take advantage. So. Yeah, makes sense. Um, it, it always takes, you know, that, that's the thing, right? There's hardware or platforms can get all these new features, but if, if they don't get taken advantage of by the software, then uh, <laughs> where's the benefit, right? It's if, if, uh, if nobody builds software around the dynamic Island on the iPhone 14 pro, does the feature matter, right? It, it, it it's all it's all kind of the same so yeah direct storage great are we using it no so hopefully we'll see uh some of that in the future uh you said that that this uh piece is already on the website yeah well we have a piece about uh you know not uh don't spend 500 more than 500 dollars on a graphics card i think we'll be working this week on a broader piece about which things to wait for and which things to buy now, but uh, in general, but I think, uh, you know, and we continue to to cover uh, these changes. Uh, I mean, I think you'll be seeing a lot of coverage from Tom's hardware of uh, new graphics cards and new CPUs in, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, it does seem like it. And I definitely look forward to it. As always, I appreciate the information and I look forward to what we talk about next.
this week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by AXA. AXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, Bluetooth 5, 7.1 surround, plus extra features like dual mics and low latency into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC, plus they won't break the bank. To learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions, you can go to f5live.tv slash exa. Speaking of exa, real quick, if you happen to watch the strike stream on Thursday where we were playing Fall Guys, we were using an exa headset and uh, we really liked how it sounded. Uh, the microphone, uh, I think we had plugged in wrong, so it was a little... But uh, we, uh, the, what we were hearing, it's really great. Anyway, Nintendo. We don't usually talk about the, the content coming to subscription services, but tonight we're going to because I'm super excited about several of the titles that are headed to Switch Online uh, expansion pack. There's obviously there's a lot of uh, Nintendo 64 stuff that they've been, that they've been publishing. Uh, since the expansion pack uh, was first released. Uh, and this next batch has a lot of the titles that I was hoping for. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I have almost all of these already um, for for hardware, but um, the ability to play them, and especially with some of the new features, is really exciting. Um, the two in the, well, in the first batch of games... Uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is that the original Mario Party and Mario Party 2 uh, will be coming to the Switch. Um, the first Mario Party was possibly the pinnacle of the series. They have constantly been trying to chase that first game ever since. Uh, the most recent one, I think, is the closest they've gotten because it feels a lot like the first game. Um, because, you know, like the game Monopoly, right? If a game can make you love the game and kind of hate your friends a little bit, you know that they've created. <laughs> you know that they've created something that has hit home with you, and that for me and my brother and all of the original hosts of this show, we used to play the original Mario Party well past the Nintendo 64's uh, uh, freshness date. Uh, certainly well into the into the Wii era. So uh, it's pretty cool to see that coming back. But the game, the game, the game, GoldenEye 007, it is the console-defining title of the Nintendo 64. Um, it was a bizarre cultural phenomenon. People who don't like or don't didn't care about James Bond played this game. If you had a Nintendo 64, there were maybe seven people who had an N64 and didn't have GoldenEye, and that was about it. Everybody else had this game. Um, it really, it really created the multiplayer experience that people expected for several generations. Halo, uh, the original Halo, wanted so badly to be GoldenEye uh, as far as the multiplayer was concerned. I mean, four-player split screen on a CRT, bonkers. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and, you know, ev everybody played this game. And in this, they are adding uh, online multiplayer uh, to the equation, which simply makes it better. Now, what I don't know is whether or not we'll still have split screen. I'm hoping we will, because it's such like a defining element of the game. But uh, if we don't, we'll deal with it and we'll do the online multiplayer. Um, but uh, GoldenEye 007 is for sure um, the game of the N64. Um, after that, we're going to see um, Mario Party 3 will come uh, sometime in early 2023. And then the first and second Pokemon Stadium titles. Obviously, uh, the Pokemon uh, franchise has seen a rebirth in the last couple of years um, between uh, Pogo, Pokemon Go, and uh, Pokemon Unite, uh, which is uh, a 5v5 uh, competition game that Alante plays all the time and is a ton of fun. There's a lot more interest in Pokemon that there have been uh, in years past and a ton more games uh, lately. So, you know, going back to earlier days into the N64 totally makes sense. Uh, we've also seen titles like Skate uh, come back and kind of revitalize that space. So it makes sense that we're also getting 1080 snowboarding um, in in the next uh, batch plus Excite Bike 64. You know, Excite Bike is you know one of the early video games that that had a, a consumer uh, success. So the Nintendo 64 version of it makes sense. I I don't know about you, Avram. I, Goldeneye, I'm super stoked about, and Mario Party 1, I'm super stoked about. Yes, I have both of them on N64 cartridges, but the ability the ability to bring these games that, you know, ha were, you know, cultural defining moments, particularly uh, Goldeneye, to a new generation, I think is a cool. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I guess I don't really get why you would want, like, I mean, there's, other games that have fall i mean for younger folks i don't see where they would see the value of goldeneye i mean i guess folks were nostalgic about it but it's not like you couldn't have another fps game that has multiplayer that uses more modern graphics and sure play engine and play mechanics so i mean what it was good for it was good because it was first or among sure. the first it's not certainly first for for many gamers you know it's not that wow you know go back and you'll really uh experience i mean i don't know it's hard to say because yeah. i was i was playing games at kind of the dawn of video sure. games so i don't know if there are a lot of younger folks who go back and i mean i've certainly met younger folks who are big into retro gaming mm -hmm. but like are they in into it because they think like wow i really love to play the this game or is it like oh wow this was the first and it reminds me of something well obviously not going to remind them of much if, if it's before their lifetime sure sure so so goldeneye in particular is a is a unique unique title um there was there was a leak maybe a year ago it might have been more recent than that um that there was a nintendo 360 port or Nintendo Xbox 360 port that had been in the works that was basically completed and then abandoned. Um, 
and that code was kind of put out into the wild, the number of people who downloaded and deployed that game on the Xbox was ridiculous. It was trending on Twitch because so many people were playing it. It was insane. Um, so in fact, what happened with the leaked 360 code was such a big deal that it's also coming to Xbox Game Pass. Um, so that one, GoldenEye in particular, is its own weird thing. It, I don't know what it is about that game. Because, again, I, I'm not generally not an FPS person. I don't like generally playing games with other people in real time. Mario Party isn't real time. It's asynchronous, kind of. Um, but I, I generally don't like real time <laughs> multiplayer. And yet, I played so much GoldenEye. It's a weird title. I generally don't necessarily get stoked about this stuff. Again, because I have most of these games. <laughs> already in their original form but i don't know the idea of of goldeneye coming to a modern to modern consoles i'm pretty excited excited about i mean cool i'm i'm glad fo i'm glad folks are excited for it um that would be uh i mean there are certain things i, I you know i guess i was in the for me that was sort of I wasn't so young that that was like a, a touchstone for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more like, oh yeah, I want to show my kids, uh, show my kids Atari. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Which you don't get on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, no, I have an Atari Classic sitting in Strike right now, though. <laughs> with, with a bunch of those games, so I, I definitely get it. Um, I also enjoy. Yeah, those older, older games that also I had direct access to. So yeah, no, I get it. Um, but yeah, looking forward to them. And from what I can tell online, others are as well. This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus uh, traditional issues like rogues, dialers, rootkits, exploits, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. All right. So, an interesting security thing happened this week. Um, Uber was hacked. But in a weird story, it's not necessarily that Uber was hacked that makes it interesting, right? Companies are getting hacked all the time. T-Mobile seems like they're getting hacked every week. Uh, not really, but you know what I mean? A couple of big ones in the last couple of years. But Uber's is interesting because 
um, of exactly what happened. So an 18 year old, let's start out by saying what we know so far is by admission from a, an anonymous hacker. So everything theoretically can be taken with a grain of salt, except the internal details that uh, security researchers have confirmed. So what we know about the person is all questionable. So an 18 year old sarcasm quotes or unknown quotes, um, found the WhatsApp number of an Uber employee and used that to initiate a pretty impressive phishing slash social engineering attempt, uh, attack. What they did was they put up a fake Uber, uh, admin panel login because they had, they knew the admin panel login page. They put up a fake one, um, and then sent the link to the WhatsApp number for this employee who then went to the URL and put in their username and password, which was then stored by the attacker. But Uber of course uses multi-factor authentication. In this case, the type where it comes up and says, Hey, did you authorize this? Yes or no. Right. Um, similar to signing into say a Microsoft account, uh, using Microsoft authenticator. Um, so essentially the attacker just kept sending these requests to the employee's phone over and over and over. And eventually the employee hit yes. Now it could have been out of exhaustion or confusion or in my guess, more likely they were trying to hit the back button in an app and the notification came up over top because I think we've all accidentally hit a notification that's come up on our phone when we're trying to hit the back button in the top left corner. Um, so we don't know how it happened, but they did approve uh, the multi-factor authentication uh, request. And so we're in. Once the attacker was in, they discovered a network share that had a bunch of PowerShell scripts in it. Uh-oh. In those scripts, which were intended to automate certain admin functions, was a username and password. And so now we've got higher access into the system. But what we don't know is how far they went. Did they have access to uh the amazon web services account theoretically to the company's g suite theoretically but it does not appear that any of that stuff was touched instead what happened is the attacker went using the company's vpn went into their slack channel and uh posted um let's see what was the i announce i am a hacker and Uber has suffered a data breach. Now, that's just one of the posts, but it's pretty upfront uh, about who they are and what they're up to. Um, from there, uh, some information about being 18 came about. There are some external communications um, allegedly coming from this individual, uh, including uh, admitting that it was a social engineering attack, got somebody to give them their password, um, but the thing that 
here's where it gets weirder. In Slack, this individual starts posting about uh, the political nature of Uber and their relationship with their drivers and they don't pay them enough. The whole thing is so weird to me, Avram. <laughs> Every turn of this just seems weirder than the last. Yeah, I mean, this. What so? What were? What did this person actually do? And what was their goal? Just to get on the company Slack and say things to the employees about about uh, what they think of the company's policies? I guess. Maybe so far, um, the company and third party security uh, researchers have confirmed the hack. They have confirmed uh, certain bits of access, um, but they're currently still researching to see if uh, the information that was taken from the uh, network share from the PowerShell scripts was used to actually access anything or not. Um, so we we know that we know they got into the network. We know that they got into the system. They know they got onto onto the network. We know that they got into the VPN. We know that they got onto Slack. Those bits we know for sure. Um, past that, there's no current evidence that they did anything other than troll Slack or troll Uber on their own Slack. This time, it's this personal. Time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. It, it 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 strikes me as it was it was not a financially motivated crime. Right. It was somebody who's angry. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't mean they Absolutely. couldn't have stolen data as well, but um, somebody who is angry and wants you to know that they're angry. So look at someone who is a former employee or a former driver, which of course that could be anybody so many people so whatever um but uh it was someone who was angry uh you know and oh and it, the fact that they know about what the control panel looks like also suggests uh True. someone who worked there i hadn't considered that yeah that that absolutely makes sense i mean i but, don't know who who sees the control panel do drivers see the control panel does they use only, an app so if only the staff sees it then how would you know to make a, a convincing looking um, yeah. simile? Unless, simile? Unless you or somebody you're working with has direct access to it. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Right. So unless so, somebody unless somebody posted a screenshot, may I mean maybe there's a screenshot out there, but it doesn't seem likely. It's it's not the kind of thing that seems like would have happened so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good point um and and a really great place to start looking um with that i would take that uh i'm 18 thing with a grain of salt yeah i think i think that's obviously i mean it's a very poor attempt to try to throw people off the trail right yeah yeah for sure um because you know on the other hand yes an 18 year old might you know, have a little bravado about being only 18 and tricking a employee into giving up their credentials. But yeah, I think, I think the amount of information that would be required to make this possible 
would require an employee and therefore likely not an 18 year old. Somebody yes. who would have had access to the login screen for this thing, mm -hmm. unless maybe one of their parents works for Uber. Yeah, could be that, but they definitely have a relationship to yeah. um, do it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, disgruntled, not a, rando. it's a disgruntled person. Um, oh, well, I mean, I don't know if as a, I mean, I don't really use Uber much anyway, but I don't know, you know, I mean, would you worry about them having your payment info if you're an Uber customer? Potentially. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, At least they don't have your social security number. True. True. Unless um, you're an employee, then maybe they do. Uh, route information, um, common start and stops, maybe. Uh, that kind of information might have uh, some value on the dark web if if you know financial is the motive um uh the yeah that that might have some some value out on the dark web but there'd have to be like you'd have to know how to get there and an 18 year old isn't going to be it so again that brings us to either it's probably possibly the the child of an employee or a former employee so yeah, it's it's simply just a a weird and fascinating story, and they're they're doing their their research now. There's there's the possibility that nothing further needs to be done, you know, other than you know changing passwords and stuff internally. Um, they did shut down part of their internal network uh, for a while when this was first uh, revealed. Uh, but it seems like everything's back up and running now. Usernames and passwords may have been changed. Um, but we'll know hopefully soon whether or not personal information was was uh, accessed. And if so, uh, what the company plans to do to protect um, those who are affected. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but there's a whole lot more. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus additional features. Uh, right now, we've got a 30-day free trial, the ability to give it as a gift, plus links to these features and more all in one convenient place by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Speaking of prime, we want to congratulate them um, on hosting a Thursday night football this week and not crashing. And while that doesn't seem like it would be that big of an accomplishment in the recent industry, it is um, CBS all access um, now paramount plus uh, collapsed during uh, Super Bowl 2021. Um, HBO Max collapsed during the premiere of House of the Dragons. Is that the name of it? Um, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so in reality, Amazon Prime Video being able to, to survive their first Thursday night football uh, NFL broadcast is way more impressive than well, certainly more impressive than the broadcast itself, but 
that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the fact that it never went down is a positive for the industry. We know that more things want to go this direction. We've seen all kinds of, of high profile failures just in the last year and a half or so. Um, so for, for Amazon to be able to pull this off is, is pretty great in all reality. Um, the, but they are one level of abstraction closer to the technology than everybody else is, right? Because AWS belongs to them. Exactly. We we know from from the uh, the outage a couple of years ago that Netflix uses AWS. So everybody from Netflix down to the Daily Wire, like everybody in the streaming space, seems to be using AWS. But they are a whole level of abstraction away from Ada, from the hardware than Amazon is because they are the A and AWS. Um, so they have more direct access. They can scale things up and down faster. Uh, they don't need manual intervention for most of this, you know, because they can write their own stuff behind the scenes to scale stuff up and down based on on uh, on demand. Now, does that mean that everybody needs to build their own data centers and their own cloud infrastructure? No. Um, but it is it is interesting that that they are the ones that had the success being closer to the hardware. There's got to be stuff that can be done to prevent this because it's never a good look, right? Whether you're whether you're Paramount or your uh, um, what were we just talking about HBO? You know, it's never a good look when your system just totally collapses under the weight of of an audience that you have cultivated. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing when you can't, when you can't deliver. So, I mean, I guess good, good for them and doing what they're supposed to do, but it's not like they haven't had experience. True. I mean, and we've seen full, full AWS collapses, right? Yeah. That's, that was, that was when Netflix went down a couple of years ago. I mean, they should be able to anticipate uh, the traffic that's the bandwidth that's needed uh, because other people have used their service. So, right. I, I'm but, sure. But also, the, like, my takeaway here is, is did HBO not know that a, a, a follow-up to, to uh, well, the name of the show is gone. Game of Thrones. Um, that's it. That a follow-up to Game of Thrones was going to be popular and that they needed to scale up for that. Like, did they just not consider that? I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting question, right? I mean, do they... They might have... Um, you know, a lot of companies... So getting extra capacity costs money. Right. Sure. I'm sure it costs money. Now yes. we shouldn't fool ourselves because the way that a lot of large companies work is that even if the company owns something doesn't mean that there's no internal charge for it. So like, right. you know, the Amazon prime division might be separate from the AWS division. Mm -hmm. And therefore if they want more bandwidth, they might have to, I don't know, buy it 
from they, internally. They 100 percent uh, show charges across divisions like that. Um, it's how AWS is able to claim the uh, market um, market percentage uh, usage percentage that they do is because they include uh, Amazon.com and uh, Amazon Prime uh, and Twitch uh, all in their AWS subscriber list. Right. So you know they. Um, so. It's not, you know, I don't know how it works there, but they probably had to to pay for that. But at the same time, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on them to get it right. Mm-hmm. A lot of other companies might and say, likely all hands on deck, right? People, people in the AWS department who were told this cluster has to live. I mean, I don't know how hard it is to make that work, but yeah, I mean, I. I, if you have the right bandwidth, but I, you know, I think that the thing is, if you're somebody like HBO, they first of all, let's be let's be real here. Like Warner has been kind of sticking a knife in the back of HBO Max and twisting it for several months now. So true. It costs. It does not. Uh, they probably feel like if people aren't able to watch the show right away, it's not going to cause any unsubscribes. Whereas a live event like a football game True. is going to be embarrassing, yeah. Uh, if embarrassing if they see an outage during a live event, so like CBS, yes. Uh, and and you know CBS does not have the streaming credentials that Amazon does. Sure. So sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, and their their infrastructure was like you know eight minutes old. When, when the the Super Bowl was streamed on CBS All Access in 2021, you know, that it was infant at best at that point, as opposed to Amazon Prime Video, which at this point is a decade old. You know, they've they've been in it with this infrastructure for a while now, and you know, CBS was kind of still kind of nothing at that point. So much so that. As we know, they changed the name to to get away from the yeah, feeling so, of CBS All Access. So I think, I think you know, we'll. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see a big event finally not collapse under its own weight. Um, and whatever they did, whether they had all hands on deck. <laughs> in a data center somewhere or or they just you know massively upped the 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 server uh, capacity or whatever they did uh going into it they were prepared for it when we've seen others not so hopefully it's a sign for the future we've you know we've raised the bar we've set a we've set a new standard here hopefully we'll see um others at least get over it, right? And not belly crawl under it. Well, that is our show. I don't have our closing music tonight. There's two pieces of stuff that are missing. But uh, thank you uh, for joining us. For those of you who did, we always appreciate our live viewers. If you didn't and would like to in the future, 
Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you'll be able to chat with us here in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, perfectly okay. Pluggitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Next week, I will not be available. It's my father's birthday, and we'll be doing that um, instead. Maybe we'll, maybe if it's okay, maybe we'll move. Yeah. Yeah, we could do uh, it later in the week. Monday or something like that. Uh, yeah, or probably Tuesday, or something Tuesday like that. would be better. Perfect. So next week we'll move the show over to Tuesday uh, instead of canceling it outright. We've been doing that too much. I want to yeah. <laughs> get back into a cadence. So uh, next week we'll be on Tuesday. And then uh, from there, we'll hopefully we'll be back to normal for a while. And so with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.